0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services.
1: Now here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we are going to talk about a very timely topic for many people: money tips for the graduate. So, with me today, I have Kelsey Banky, who's a certified financial planner with us at Stirk Financial. Hello, Mary. Hello. All right, we have some great tips for those who are graduating or those who love somebody who's graduating. You might want to pass that along. And, you know, I I want to make sure, too, that our listeners remember, if you want to share this um, show with someone, you can go out to our website at stirkfinancialservices.com and you can stream the replay of it right off of our website Or you can off of our iTunes channel. So there's many opportunities for people to listen to this. And a lot of times with a show like this, let's say you're a grandparent and you have a grandson graduating from high school or from college and you think this would be good for him to listen to, then you can just send him the link to that and he can listen to it. All right. Jumping in. Money tips for the graduate. First (laughs) tip. You're probably going to get some money at graduation. And it's going to pay you to spend a little bit of time thinking about what you want to spend that on.
0: I beg of you, please don't just have a really great summer. <laughs> <laughs> Be more intentional with that money.
1: <laughs> I think there's a lot of country songs written about those really great summers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they
0: they seem just wonderful, but you will, your future self will thank you if you're more intentional with
1: that. Right. So here's a great way to think about that because graduation money is what we would call windfall money. And windfall money coming into your life, most people are ill-equipped on how to handle that. So let me give you what we call the rule of thirds as a good guideline to think about when it comes to that graduation money. The rule of thirds means that you take a third of it and you pay down any debt that you have. So if you have a car loan, or if you have money that you owe your parents, or if you uh, know that you're going to have debt coming up for school, then a third of that graduation money makes total sense to reduce your debt. The second third is to save for later. So long-term savings, it's a good time to start an account, If you have a part-time job, it's a good time to think about maybe starting an IRA or a Roth IRA for yourself. But a third of windfall money is best saved for long-term savings for the rest of your life. And the last third, that's the third to go have some fun with. (laughs) (laughs) So do have a great summer with that third, but don't blow everything on it. Have a good time, go to some concerts, buy yourself something, whatever, um, and enjoy it. But windfall money is important to be mindful about how you actually spend that. Okay, so the biggest thing that happens when somebody graduates is that they have hit a transition point in their life. Right? If you're graduating from high school, you're either facing college, which is a big transition, or it's about the time that your parents are saying, dude, time to find a new place to live (laughs) and a job. (laughs) So that is a big transition for people. And then if you're graduating from college, it's also the same type of inflection point in your life. You might not ever be moving back home again. You might not ever be living in mom and dad's basement. And now you have this degree, hopefully, that you can leverage into a good paying job. So we're going to talk about some of the things at these transition points that are really important for people to consider.
0: So on your own... You're going to have your own expenses. You're going to have things that you have to do, things you have to pay. So it's a really good time to start familiarizing yourself with what a budget is if you haven't done so already. With the budgeting, um, you know, you have to make sure the amount of money going out is less than the money you have coming in or less than what you have saved up for that period of time. Um, When I was in college, again, I've Said this on other shows, I was very active. I was on a couple different sports teams and a sorority and multiple different activities on campus. I didn't feel I had time to fit a job into my schedule as mm-hmm. well. So I had to work really hard on the summers to afford my, the rest of the yeah, year. Very true. Um, and to make that amount of money last for the whole year really required a budget. And you know, if you're not as good at it, then it's going to get, you're going to get to May and you're going to be pinching pennies. One of my friends, um, had to learn that lesson the hard way. She wanted to go back to her high school prom with her boyfriend at the time. And she went around all the campus buildings and collected all the cans <laughs> <laughs> to take them back so she could afford her gas money home. So I've seen it. I've seen both sides, people really good and people not as good, but you can, you have a, the opportunity right away to choose which one you're going to be. You just have to be disciplined in holding, to a budget.
1: Right. So whether or not you're heading into college or whether or not you're done with college and heading out into, you know, the big unknown of life, budget is not a fun word for anybody. But the reality is you have to start understanding how your money is is working. So what you're bringing in, what you're sending out to be able to know what you can actually afford so you don't get yourself into financial trouble. All right. So when I think about graduates and I think about financial mistakes that they can make. The biggest mistake that I see people making is getting into credit card trouble. And the reason for that is when you're a college student, it's actually really easy to get credit handed to you. So most kids don't have a credit score by the time they hit college. And just by virtue of the fact that you're in college, likely it is that you will start getting credit card applications in the mail and you will start getting companies extending you credit because you are enrolled as a college student somewhere. And here's the thing that you need to understand is that credit is a super, super, super important feature in your life in the future. And if you screw up your credit when you're in college... It will take you a while to fix that, and you will kick yourself down the road if you've messed it up. So how do you mess up your credit? Number one, by taking out a bunch of credit cards. (laughs) Number two, by maxing out those credit cards. And number three, by not paying those credit cards back. So if you um, are doing this or you're considering doing this, then then reconsider that. I, I, That's absolutely a bad plan. And it's not necessarily just credit cards like a Visa or a MasterCard. It's store cards too. So I've seen kids who... Um, will go get like a a store card at a Best Buy or a guitar center or something like that. And they're in a band and they want to buy a guitar or something like that. And they max that store credit out and then they can't pay it back. And it literally screws up their credit for years with creditors after them. So beware of the credit issue. And and here's the rule of thumb that I want to make sure all of you graduates are hearing. When you have a credit card, in order to not screw up your credit do not charge up more than about a third of what the actual available credit is so if you have a thousand dollars worth of available credit on your card the moment that you charge up more than about three hundred dollars on that then your credit starts to become problematic so you are going to want to be careful about how much you charge on that card Otherwise, it's going to start to damage your credit rating, okay? Not all graduates know that, but that's one of the best pieces of advice that I can give you. All right. If you are someone who has gotten into credit trouble, (laughs) then let's talk about how you can fix that. Because a lot of times when people are graduating from college, this advice is coming too late, right, Kelsey? Yep, it could be. (laughs) (laughs) So there are a couple different things that you can do to um, fix damaged credit so one of the things is to really start to get a handle on what debt that you have accumulated so Kelsey tell us a little bit about how is the best way to go about um, figuring out what your debt is and figuring out what some of the best ways to pay that off are
0: there's a number of different ways that you could pay it off but first you have to figure out what you have so gathering up all your statements looking at what you've spent, looking at what your total credit limit is and what percentage of that you've used. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the credit scores factor in a lot of different information to come up with that number. One of it is the credit utilization ratio, which is what Mary's talking about when she's talking about only using a third of it. So it might be... um, A good thing to pay down those cards that are utilizing too much of Uh of that limit. Um, You want to look at interest rates. Obviously, things that are um, paying a higher interest rate, you probably want to pay down sooner than later. Um, But I'm also a big fan of creating a plan and helping yourself stay on that plan. And let's face it, we like wins. So creating a plan that would create a more frequent quote unquote win for you, whether it's paying it down faster, getting below a certain thousand dollar limit or yeah. something. I don't know what it would be, but there's a lot of different ways you can do it. We, we tend to look at something called a debt snowball, but how we structure that debt snowball is going to be different for each person, depending on the type of credit they have.
1: So the bottom line is if you have messed up your credit, there is credit recovery strategies out there. You have to be very, very deliberate about doing them, and it's going to take you probably a year to a year and a half to fix any credit damage that you've done. That doesn't mean that during that time frame you would have paid everything back that you owe. It means that you've demonstrated the capability to pay off some of what you know, what you owe. So, If you've gotten into credit trouble, then graduation can be that wake-up call to start to fix deliberately what you have broken because once you're out in that world and you're wanting to do things like rent an apartment or buy a car or something like that, your credit is absolutely going to impact whether or not you can do that and it's also going to impact what kind of interest rate you get if you do want to take out a loan for something like a vehicle. You will end up paying twice as much for things as you um, with bad credit as you would if you had better credit. And that can completely be avoided if you're mindful about the way that you manage this from an, a young and early age. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Sturck. And today we're talking about money tips for today's graduate. So remember how we talked at the beginning of the show about one of the things you can do is to save some of that money for the long term? Well, another thing that is important for graduates to understand is that this is the ideal time to start thinking about building what's called an emergency fund. And when you go out and you get a job, If you are graduating from college and you're able to find a job in your field, you're probably going to start making more money than you've ever made before at any of your part-time jobs. Or if you're a high school senior and now you're going to start working full-time instead of part-time after school, chances are that the amount of income you have is definitely going to go up, right? So one of the best things that you can do is start to set aside money into something that's called an emergency fund. And an emergency fund is there for you when you have something that is an emergency that happens. So Kelsey, what are some of the emergencies that you would anticipate a recent graduate running into?
0: Oh, usually it's going to be something related to a car probably. So, um, you know, needing to buy new tires or having to fix it or something like that. Um, You also might need to make repairs to a home. If it's something, if you purchased a home right away, you might need to make repairs to a home or fix it up and things like that. You also might have a medical emergency and your insurance might not be, um, the type of insurance that would cover all emergencies. So right medical things can get very, very expensive. They're usually catching you completely off guard if you're that young. Um, so making sure that you can pay the bills and, or the just the co-payment on it. Um, if you're in an accident, having to pay your deductible, I mean, there's there's number of things that can happen even for the most cautious and careful people. So having that money set aside in an emergency fund is the best way to combat creating debt.
1: <laughs> All right. The best. So if you are a recent graduate, let me explain to you the best way to build that emergency fund. When you have this new higher level of income and you're not used to having that, If you can say for the first year that you're going to build that emergency fund and you set aside money during the first year from paycheck number one, you're going to be used to living on a smaller amount and then you're going to be able to get that emergency fund built. So the rule of thumb is that a good emergency fund is about three months worth of your income. So if you are making good money and you want to look at what your paychecks are for that you know, one month period, you really need three times that set inside an emergency fund. And that means that everybody's emergency fund number is different and unique. So look at what you're making, figure out what three months of your income is, and then that's your target. If you can save that over the course of a year and then have yourself set up to have that there for you during that first year, that is the ideal way to set yourself up as a recent graduate. Okay. Now that means that you're going to probably be saving 20 to 25% of your paycheck into an account, which is aggressive. And I understand that that's aggressive, but keep in mind, this is a new paycheck. So you weren't used to having that money before. And so saving 20 to 25% of it into an account to cover your emergency fund needs shouldn't be a stretch because it's not money that you were used to spending in the first place.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was just because you're not a college student anymore doesn't mean you don't have to live like one anymore. (laughs) So
1: you mean you have to keep eating those ramen noodles?
0: (laughs) You know, I managed to make it all the way through without ever eating ramen. But, yeah, I had a lot of the Kraft macaroni and cheese in my day. But it's true. And you have to keep in mind that just because you entered the quote unquote real world doesn't mean that you have the disposable income that your parents have probably. they mm-hmm. Keep in mind, they're several decades ahead of you in their careers. And so you're going to have to make some hard decisions on being responsible with your money. But I promise you, those hard decisions made in the right way early on will help make things a lot easier down the road.
1: Absolutely. And the emergency fund is just a foundational thing that you're going to want to pay attention to right away. All right. So one of the other things that recent grads don't necessarily think about is the fact that you need to file taxes. (laughs) You may not have ever done that before because you may not have had a job that you made enough money that you have to file taxes. Um, And, you know, it's it's crazy because I think that a lot of people just assume that young people know that they have to do this. And the truth of it is, a lot of people are absolutely clueless about what it means to go file taxes or what they have to bring or what they have to do. So let me spell it out for you. If you are going to work and earn some income, then you're probably going to need to file taxes. At the end of the year, the places that you worked are going to send you a form called a W-2 or 1099, and it's going to show on there how much you earned and how much taxes you had withheld you have to go file your taxes somewhere you can do it online yourself or you can take it to an accountant for somewhere and then what's going to happen grads is you're going to find out if you had enough tax money withheld or if you didn't and what i find is that most of the time that first year or two people are not withholding enough taxes from their paycheck and they get a nasty surprise come tax time that they owe a bunch more in taxes now If you built your emergency fund, I guess you have a place you can go for that (laughs) to help bail yourself out. But I know that most college grads or most high school graduates really don't want to go back to mom and dad and ask for a loan to cover their tax bill because they didn't adequately plan for it. So if you don't want to be the person that goes back and asks mom and dad to borrow some money to cover your taxes, then not only do you need to be aware of this, but you have to pay attention to the number of deductions that you're claiming on your payroll stubs when you start your job. Okay, so there's a form that you'll fill out and that form will ask you how many exemptions that you want to have. The higher the number of exemptions, the less tax they take out. So if you want to withhold more from your check, you have to lower the number of exemptions on there. So if you're single, you might only want one or two exemptions at the most in order to make sure they're taking out enough tax. If you're married and have children, then you usually bump up your exemptions a little bit. Maybe you'd have two or three or four. But if you aren't taking it out during the year, then you will get hit with it come tax filing time and it will not be a pleasant surprise for you. So when it's your first time thinking about this, those are some important tips for you. All right, let's talk a little bit about student loans because student loans are a big, nasty, ugly thing for people entering the college area, and also for people who have been in college and now have student loans to think about repaying. So, Kelsey, when you went through school, what was your experience with student loans? Um, I needed some student
0: loans to get through school. Um, one of the great things my parents did for me in high school was they really pushed me to get good grades. hmm Um, and, and not unrealistically, but they really pushed me to get good grades and that can really pay off for you. Um, in fact, I have a really great story, um, of a grad this year that I know, Um, a girl I used to babysit for, so that makes (laughs) me feel really old, but, uh, she worked really hard in school as well. She got a really great ACT score, but she took her ACTs four times to get this score. So she put in a lot of work at school. She put a lot of work into her tests and she's going to be going to a state university and her first year of school is going to cost her, are you ready for this? Yep. 50 cents. Yeah. Fifty cents, After and all
1: of her financial aid. That's mm-hmm. what the total cost. That's went what over the total was. cost
0: was. And <laughs> there's some family-based need there, but you know, a lot of it has to go with your 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 schooling or your grades and things. And so, I got good grades. I got good test scores. I managed to walk out of college paying for one year with student loans. So okay. i have one year's worth of student loans that I took out, but that's still a lot of money. And and I, I see this problem becoming bigger and bigger and bigger is there was not work done ahead of time and people are taking on excessive. And I'm going to say that again, excessive amounts of loans. And when you start looking at what the payments are to pay off those loans, it is going to be something that's very difficult for recent college grads and even into their late 20s, early 30s and into their 40s to afford. So I'm, I'm this has me very concerned. And so i like to talk about it you really need to be mindful of the amount of debt you're taking on to go get an education when you have a lot of options. You can work during school, you can work in the summers, you can work in high school, you can do a lot of things to hopefully keep that down. Um, but be very mindful of how much debt you're taking on because you don't often realize until you're in a bad situation how big the repayment is amount is.
1: Yeah. And being buried in student loans for many years kind of starts to feel like you're trying to go up the down escalator. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And we have the situation now in the United States where student loan debt has now exceeded credit card debt, which is a crazy thing if you think about it. And we also have an entirely new term, and this is for people who are, they're, they're still paying their own college debt, and now they have children that they're paying their children's college debt too. And we call that the sandwich generation, because they're sandwiched in between their own debt that they're still taking care of, and now they have new college debt that they're helping their, their kiddos. So the, the student loan thing is a very important factor when you're making your decisions. All right. So that's all that we have time for today. So graduates, we wish you the best of luck and um, hope you have wonderful success going forward. And we thank you all for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.